You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride and on Twitter at Slow Ride Pod. Hello and welcome to the 367th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Tim in sunny Orlando, Florida. This is Matt in snowy Minneapolis. And this is Spencer in beautiful, beautiful western Massachusetts. Little guy, I was feeling for you this week as I saw the forecast of the snow raining down on the city of Minneapolis, the beautiful state of Minnesota, where... We all used to call home, and thankfully two of us no longer do because we don't have to deal with the weather you're dealing with. It's very little snow. It's nothing It's nothing to write home about. It is that perfect... I heard it was a blizzard. No, 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 no. It is that perfect amount of snow to like probably close the trails, like close all the mountain bike trails, but... Um, you know, That's it's, enough. It's, yeah, it's not enough to make the trails fun. It's just enough to, to ruin it for everybody. So boo, mm. boo, boo. Something if like it that. makes you feel better, little guy. Out of solidarity, I wore knee warmers today. Yeah, yeah. On my bike ride because it was fifty. Thank you for fifty-four degrees. Fifty-four degrees on rollout. I was freezing. I was miserable. (laughs) So I saw you uh, post somewhere about knee warmers in the fifties or sixties or something like a week. I have a rule. Yeah, the rule. Hey, hey, one one quick second. Just for the UK corner and the Aussie corner, oh, yeah. break I want to clarify yeah, that, that 54 too. degrees Fahrenheit is about 12 to 13 degrees Celsius. Yeah. That's right. Well, so pretty cold. Yeah, you have a rule, Tim. Let's hear it. I, okay, so friend of the podcast, one of our, I guess, guides in our development of cyclists, Darren Homey, multi-time Minnesota State champion. Once took me aside because he wanted to give me the legs up, the leg up on you two gentlemen. Because uh-huh. he saw that you guys were floundering, but he saw the diamond in the rough that was the super rookie. And he <laughs> said, Tim, what are you doing? And I'm like, well, I'm going for a bike ride. He's like, it's 63 degrees out. You need to be wearing <laughs> knee warmers. Yo, and I'm sure. like, what? And you know when like the old timer that's won it, a lot tells you something. You kind of just yeah. stick by it forever. So he said, if it's ever below 65 degrees, um, for those back home in uh, 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 UK, that's 18 degrees. So he's like, if, it, if it's ever below 18 degrees Celsius, you need to make sure you're wearing knee warmers. Uh-huh. And so I held this rule for a long time because he was like, you got to keep the knees warm. That's the moving part of your body. You know, like all this like, probably junk science, but I trust the guy. I love the guy. So, <laughs> no, but then I got to this point true. where I'd be riding down here and it'd be like 64 degrees at rollout. So Ooh. I'd be in new armors. Ooh. And by the time the ride's almost over, it's like 75 degrees and I'm not skilled enough to take the knee warmers <laughs> off. I'm not Alessandro Pataki. I can't yeah. take this type of stuff off right before the start of a sprint and crash everybody <laughs> out. No. So I decided first off I emailed or I actually texted Darren I said, hey, Darren, just a heads up. Like, I know years ago you may have forgotten this, but you told me that I have to wear knee warmers anytime it's below 
65 degrees Fahrenheit, 18 degrees Celsius. And I was like, <laughs> you know, I'm dropping it. I'm dropping it to 60 degrees, uh-huh. 15 and a half degrees Celsius. And I said, I just can't do it anymore. And he wrote back. He's like, that's understandable, but it's important to keep those knees warm. So wow. I have a rule. And now my rule that's... has been dropped to 60 degrees. If I start a ride and it's below 60 degrees, I'm wearing knee warmers. That's the rule. That's, that's the story. That's well. Well, I was I it was, was gonna, building. It yeah, was, I know. I there thought there was, was great, gonna be more. You know, building pressure here, and we got yeah. to what I thought was going to be the climax, and it just sort of petered out. Yeah, yeah. kind of yeah. like my sprint. <laughs> that is true. I've seen that happen. <laughs> Looks really good into a hundred meters to go. Yeah. When I launch, when I launch that sprint, people are like, "Holy crap!" There he goes, and then there's like the two hundred meters to go sign. Well, um. As someone, someone who's been uh, commu- commuting uh, most mornings of the week uh, between in the 30s or 40s, I've usually been going shorts, no knee warmers, and I could not believe that my former uh, downtown co-working messenger uh, co-worker, you know, had fallen so low that he was wearing knee warmers in Florida um, on a 60-degree day. I'm to be clear, I appreciate that you consider me. Um, on the same tier as you for the hardiness that was controlling the Minnesota winter. I really appreciate that that you want to put me at that exalted status. But I will say that I was the king of the Minnesota Skyway system when I was a courier. I would lock that bike, (laughs) and I did a lot of runs walking through the buildings because it it was too cold. No, that's always the best. uh, One of the greatest things about coming up as a bike racer in... Minnesota or a climate similar. I'm sure there are other, you know, all the other Scandinavian nations, I'm sure feel this way as well. There's a point of pride uh, with being able to deal with the winter and all that. And it's something that I hold dearly. Uh, Now that I live in New England, it's still got winter, but it's a lot more mellow here, a little wetter, a little sloppier, but like less cold. I use this as a tool, as a, as a power play all the time that like, oh, you guys, you guys thought this was, oh, you canceled your ride. Oh yeah. We didn't cancel rides in Minnesota unless it was, (laughs) uh, you know, 15 degrees or below, which is negative nine Celsius. Um, we should, it had to be pretty cold before we canceled rides. Yeah, we should have, but we We didn't. And, um, there's no way that I would ride down to that temperature now. No way at all. But I can yeah. say that I did, and that means something. And Super Rookie, I'm sure you know mm-hmm. the the same thing where you can you can leverage that against your ride buddies, strike a little fear in their heart, um, start to power play a little bit. And little guy, when you uh, eventually relocate, um, you know when you start <laughs> doing the uh, yes, you know the the wintering in Arizona or something. Uh-huh. Um, I'd, lo- I'd love to, you'll be yeah. able to experience this as well. It's great. Yeah, yeah, that no, that sounds great. Uh, we. We definitely should have canceled more of our rides back in the day. When I, I have a couple pictures of us of myself dressed mm-hmm. for some of those group rides, and I, I, I have a lot of layers on, and just just sort oh, of wow. a grab bag of every bit of cycling kit I have, uh, layer upon layer upon layer, nothing even close to matching. Uh, good good times. Well, I good always appreciated riding in the winter. I always appreciate riding in the winter with you, little guy, because you always had full fenders. Um, that meant a lot to me, That's and true. I appreciate that. Yeah, I was but the let's, only um, one on these rides. It, so, 
<laughs> We're talking about weather. I just want to say right now that I'm going to have the upper hand come uh, June mm. when Unbound comes back and it's like oh. 150 degrees out there in Emporia, Kansas. Yeah, you and will. I am like, probably. I'll be, I'll be trained. Yeah, I'll, I mean, I'm basically living in a hot box by then. So that, uh, yeah, I'm going to be able to crush it. So I was a little shocked to see that email. I'm sure you two saw your email about yes. your deferred race entries. Um, I'm assuming, Spencer, that you did not cash out your race entry to Unbound when you had oh. the opportunity last year, right? Oh, oh I 100% cashed out. I was like, well, I dodged oh. that bullet. I am getting <laughs> out of here. <laughs> yeah. So, I little guy, it looks like it's me and you on the tandem. Uh, um, I have to look at my school <laughs> schedule because I am pretty sure that is... Little guy's got a dentist appointment that day, unfortunately, uh, is what he's saying to All seriousness, I think that's like a week before I I finish my program. And that might be a bit too much for me to drive a couple, what, like a thousand miles to a bike race and do a 200-mile bike race and then come back. So um, I I I need to double-check that. Also, yes, I will not be in uh, good enough form. I mean, that that is, I'm not, I'm not denying that I will be slow, but... uh, it also might very much not fall on a convenient time in my life. But. You can uh, you can pull the move that I was going to pull on Tim uh, had we actually com- um, gone to contest the event, which is be the navigator uh, because you know he's not going to kind of take charge of that aspect of it. He's just want to put his head down and, and grind out the miles, right? Uh-huh. And if you just direct him onto the 100-mile loop instead of the 200-mile loop, you know, when that left turn happens or whatever it is – that puts you on the short loop, mm-hmm. he's never going to know. And when he gets done, he's going to feel like he just crushed 200 miles. He's going to be so proud of himself, and you're going <laughs> to let him. Now I have price. a record time. Now yeah. I've told you, in G- January, I've got a 205-mile cross-Florida gravel ride scheduled. Yeah. I yeah. want to do it in one day with some friends. Friend of the pod, Graham Partain, hits me up and says, Tim, you're an idiot. You should do it over two days. Just stay at my house. It's halfway. Um, I appreciated point. that. That's I, I even, yeah. It's a solid point. Um, I took that bit of advice to the the folks that are wanting to do this ride, and they all laughed like it was my idea. You know, like, oh, Tim's uh, already getting soft. So, but I I will say weird. this: I do it's think I'm gonna do the hundred at Unbound. I don't know if I'm gonna do the two hundred. Hey, I might want to like you know dip the toe in the water, if you will. Mm-hmm. But um, all right. So Unbound's around the corner. There's obviously so much other exciting cycling news happening in peak off season. Um, yeah. I, I, let's, can we give a shout out to Lars Vanderhaar? Yes. I mean, there is racing happening in cyclocross and on the men's side of things, Lars Vanderhaar is absolutely slaying it. Now I'm going to act like I know what I'm talking about, but I really just read the, the CX hairs bulletin with Zach and Bill and listen to the podcast. But Lars Vanderhaar, Crushing it, winning by 11 seconds over Eli Ezerbeet and yeah. Quentin Herman's bringing up third on the podium. And then Luc- Lucinda Brandt takes the win three seconds over Puck Pierce. And Anna Marie's worst with Clara Hansinger in 11th place. Hansinger, sorry. Now, Spencer. Yeah. Last week, we did also miss the European Championships. And you were quick mm. to point out. That the Slow Ride Podcast 16th place prize winner from Madison, 
who mm-hmm. took home the University of Minnesota jersey. Mm-hmm. You know what an M is upside down? Uh, it's a big a, W. It's a big W. That's right. It's the winner. Yep. Here we are. And how did that shape up? Well, it was a W for her in the uh, in the U23 uh, uh, European right. Championship there. So immediate return on investment there for us uh, mm-hmm. in our new favorite rider. Sharon. Um, as, as we gifted the slow ride, the coveted slow ride Minnesota Gophers hockey jersey uh, for 16th place at the Trek Cup, uh, immediately turning that into victories at Jinkle Cross and then victories at the Euro uh, Championship. So, um, yeah, agents uh, get in touch. Our, our, our fee is minimal, um, only 10, 15, 20%, depending mm-hmm. uh, on the, uh, you know, lots of negotiation skills that we don't now, have. Now, I would assume that Sharon Van Anru nailed it. Nailed it. Um, has framed that jersey already. Uh-huh. Now the question is: Did she frame it with the Minnesota M on the front, or slow ride across the shoulders, <laughs> and using it as like motivation? Um, motivation. Yeah, yeah. Like mm-hmm. She looks at it like it, she, right before she she heads out for the training ride every morning. She looks at it and she's like, "I'm going to show those, and you know, now, expletive and Dutch about us." And then she heads out the door. <laughs> now you guys know how I feel about um, go for football, go for hockey, all that. I love it. You love but it. I gotta admit, it's a really ugly jersey. The yellow and maroon, horrible color combinations. So yeah, maybe it just fits gold. in. Come on. Yeah. So. Uh, really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. I mean, just it's just. That. Um, so I mean, Florida Gators, I, they do really have a beautiful color scheme there with that bright blue and bright orange. Yeah. yeah. Classic. Timeless. Timeless. Um, Lars Vanderhaar takes a win, little guy, um, at European Championships yeah. and at Tabor. How yeah. does that make you feel? Oh my God, you guys! The second coming of Lars. I'm, I'm so glad I stuck around long enough to see it. I mean, think it was almost yeah. ten years ago when he shot on the scene, and and we thought he was yep. going to dominate, be dominating cyclocross. And obviously, he's been up by the front, but uh, a few other guys uh, have been more dominant. And it's mm-hmm. great to see uh, him back on this form. When he bridged across to Ellie today, when I at uh, Tabor, when I you thought Ellie was going to make the move and it was breaking my heart he just bridged across with such ease and grace um and the fact that he did it by running the barriers too just a little bit old school you know uh you'll have to see it it's it's nice to see that you can still you can still run the barriers and you can still win the big ones you know so and i know i've certainly almost certainly multiple times told the story on this podcast of the first time that i saw lars vanderhaar uh he was still U23 world champion and he was warming up doing pre-ride laps at Jingle, uh, not Jingle, sorry, uh, Cross Vegas. Um, and I was doing my warm up laps because for whatever reason, they let me do the elite race there. And, Insane. uh, I remember seeing that <laughs> world championship Jersey go by and be like, who's that clown in a, in a world championship Jersey? What is, what are they thinking? They shouldn't be like, I yep. have no idea who he was, no idea who he was. Turns out he was actually a world champion and he crushed it at the race and uh, the rest is history. Yeah. I guess I only remember him as a U23 rider um, hanging out at a Louisville phone party. Um, yes. Yeah, that, that's the only time I ever got uh, up close and personal with him. Yeah. I, shook um, but hand, I shook his hand, man. I shook his hand. It's stoked to see him. 
as the folks Probably. over at uh, the Media Pit would say, he's back. Yeah. Um, so congratulations to Lars Vanderhaar for uh, keeping the right the racing alive, alive and well. Um, and yeah, so cool. Let's get into some other uh, really cool, exciting news. Um, Adam Yates and Tom Dumoulin are running. That's Is what it it's cool? come to this offseason. Uh, it's slippery slope, boys. Slippery slope. Next year they're going to be swimming, mm-hmm. and then the year after that they're going to combine it all, and they're they're going to be dropping out of the professional World Tour Peloton. Makes me well, nervous. Everybody knows the big money's in triathlon. Uh, they're going to be the next Talansky. Well, let's hope, hope, hope not. Uh, that's a that's a bad that's a bad place to go. I don't know either of their uh, their politics, but um. Man, oh I no! Hope, what did Tolansky do now? He's he's just a bit of an anti-vaxxer. Just okay, let me just a bit. just let like me a, just go over to his Twitter account. Uh, don't do it, Tim. <laughs> oh my goodness, this guy, Adam. <laughs> oh, all right. Let me yeah. uh, just Tolansky and it's- blocked. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's been a rough, uh, a rough time there for uh, Talansky on on Twitter. He's getting justifiably roasted left and right for uh, some pretty terrible takes um, lately, and that's uh, unfortunate. Man, the worst part about that is he was from Florida. Who would have thought? Yeah, it's yeah. weird. No, it's weird. It's weird. Well, um, that's a little bit disappointing. So, uh, yeah, uh, we don't really want to go down that slippery slope of running in the offseason. So if everyone could just stop um, and not become triathletes in secret, <laughs> that would be great. Um, yeah, right. I think Dumoulin um, and Yates, if they could, like, you know, blink twice if they're in trouble or something like that, like <laughs> we could send in a, a SEAL team to mm. extract them from <laughs> – their respective teams and, and get them back uh, into the cycling world fully. They, they both um, put in respectable times in, in their, uh, in their events, you know, I mean, obviously it, Tim, it's little guy's one of them. <laughs> He's starting to come around. Yeah. He's yeah. He um, knows what a respectable time is for whatever running distance they did. I don't yeah. have actually, I don't, I don't the only good runner is Michael Woods. Uh, Pitcock's a pretty good Tom, runner. Tom yeah, Pitcock, Pitcock, I have something Pitcock's, to say about that. That's right. Pitcock has faster times. Forgot times. about that. Yeah. Um, little guy. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, my favorite rider, Garrett Thomas, out on a little training ride, stops into the little coffee shop. It's kind of hanging out, having a biscuit. Probably having a biscuit. A couple comes of on out. Yeah. What's yeah. he see? Bike's not been bike's been not stolen. It's been nicked because they're in the UK. <laughs> so stealing Garrett Thomas's bike. What's like the exit strategy here in the UK? Because I can't imagine they knew it was G's bike. Like they just probably thought it was some probably the same as Spencer saw now, Lars, and they thought uh-huh. and Spencer thought this this punter. Come on. They saw this guy go into the go into the cafe and they were like Hunter? full full on full on uh, Ineos garb. They're like this fake. I'm st- well, this, I'm still in this wanker's bike. And then they're riding it away yeah. and they're like they're scrolling through the Garmin and they're like, huh, a lot of watts, huh? That's a lot of miles. Oh, that's a, yeah. Oh, oh no. Uh oh. Uh oh. Oh wow. Uh, help to Wes times. Uh oh. How do, how do you think? What do you think G did? When he walked out of that cafe and the bike wasn't there. Like, he said, oh, blimey. 
Right. Like, oh, oh, bother. You know, like. <laughs> He's like, I oh, got five more. Uh, he, do you say, <laughs> well, this sucks according to G. <laughs> do you think he called Brailsford? Or do you, oh, who do you, who do you call? To, wait, no, isn't, Brails, isn't Brailsford out? I think he's on the way out. Is he out yet? I don't even know. I don't know the, the inner workings. I've heard Craig, that he's well, leaving. But. I'm going to have to ring an Uber, according to G. <laughs> he did, he did I, ring an Uber, though. That's the best part. I love it. I hope the Uber driver knew who he was and, and, and found as much comedy in it, you know, as, as uh, you should. I don't know. I hope he called, like, Bradley Wiggins or something. First, first. You know, or called Froom or something. Well, who would be his first call? I mean, the first call, like, you know, that that determines who is, you know, his chosen Swanier is. I mean, this could be the the break of the the Ineos uh, team. Uh, Yeah. I mean, it wasn't Bernal, right? Does he call up someone and say, like, hey, man, can you bring me your bike? (laughs) I I need it. I finished my ride. Yeah. Who's about G's height? Uh, (laughs) Well, definitely not Pidcock. Um, he, he lives in Wales. He's probably he? the closest, though. Uh. Well, anyway, that's a uh, that's where we're at right now. Um, the other most if, important cycling news, though, was the um, video that came out of I. I don't know if it's a like it's like a Grand Fondo Colombia or oh whatnot. My goodness, it, this is so Rigoberto Uran's. Um, Grand Fondo. Yeah. yeah. This is in Danny Martinez and Sergio Hugita, sorry. Out there just crushing. absolutely crushing it up yeah. the mountain, wearing their team trade kits while everyone else is in the neon green of you're right. I love this video. Now it's great. It's there are some fun. folks there are some folks up there that, you know, I felt kinda hating on a little bit saying that this is a, a childish thing to do, if you will, or, or something that's just not, you know. But to me, it was the greatest thing of all time. I absolutely fun, love man. The, two, these guys two having friends, a ton of fun. Two friends out on a ride crushing each other. like yeah, Past how, hundreds of other people riding, like suffering up these mountains, and these guys oh are God. just slaying it. They're going um, so fast. Oh, it was so wonderful to see. And now, little guy, um, what is the outcome of this uh, amazing display of um, power from Sergio Higuita. Well, we were talking before the pod, and as Spencer said, I said I think agreed with me. The first time he saw it, all he saw was the power. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I guess eventually Vodders saw that he wasn't riding a Cannondale. He was on his new specialized bike for when he moves to Bora. And so he got fired briefly, and then the somehow got over it and now he got his wages reinstated but i don't think anybody really noticed that he wasn't on a cannondale they were just because it just he sort of blurred by he had to basically go frame by frame to to see i had no idea so what better publicity for specialized thank you ef riders of cannondale yeah (laughs) it felt weird Specialized gets their most most of their uh, good marketing out of lawsuits, but this one wasn't one of their own doing, which is um, <laughs> you know impressive. I don't so. know if I'd say some of those other ones good marketing, but yes. Well, all marketing, any yeah, marketing yeah, is good all marketing. Good friends, That's yeah. the old trope. Um, but yeah, this this video was incredible because you you've got the the you know the slow riders cruising up this hill. They're waving at each other. Everybody's having a good time, and then you get the two world tour pros. Basically doing the same thing, but going Mach 10 compared to everyone else. 
Um, and it, it was a, it was just a, you know, with the bike racers at the top end of the, the pointy end of the sport, uh, you don't always see the fun, you know, and it was just a very joyous video. It was a very oh. fun watch. And I, uh, I feel pity for the person at EF that decided they needed to be the fun police and stop that frame by frame because Iguita is wearing his pink, you know, Rafa, you know, long sleeve with the armband and everything. It I was figured it was just a prototype Cannondale. All you thought was that's EF, right? Like, yeah, that's Cannondale, true. like whatever. Nobody noticed the bike until they uh, threw him under the bus, find him, and then eventually fired him uh, unceremoniously. And then now, 12 hours later, <laughs> unceremoniously rehired him and reinstated his contract. But EF was like a little trigger happy on firing others, too. Didn't they get lost in Craddock? Well, later that day, yeah, some some <laughs> photos came out of lost in Craddock, uh, not on a on a Cannondale, and they were like a bunch of people were like, "Why are you firing that guy and not this guy? What's up?" Oh, the, nar- the narcs came out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so a uh, little bit of a PR uh, debacle there uh, for EF, but uh, it seems. Seems like it's uh, all getting swept under the rug, so it should all be fine. But because uh, Craddock is going to race for who next year? Bike Exchange. They're still okay. They're still around. Um, and uh, what's their bike sponsor? Bianchi. Well, that's a mm, Scotts maybe Trellos. I think they're going to be a Giants, Giants next year. I'm pretty th- sure think it's that's Giant. what I heard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It could that. be anything really. Who knows. Yeah, who knows what they're doing. Well, these contracts, um, so basically they have the contract where they have to ride until December 31st, right? It's just like, that's just the way it always is. It's just the calendar year. Why can't they just do like a contract that ends in September to kind of, because there's always the awkwardness of like the team training camp videos that you'll see like are in December and they're going to like Bjarni Reese's like commando camp. And everyone's in the CSC kit except like the four people that he stole from, you know, Kelme or whatever. Um, yeah. So this doesn't fit in. I the only it reason I I think that they do that is I feel like um, pro cycling teams would use it if it wasn't the case as a loophole to just basically sign riders till September and then not hire any of the like domestiques until January first. I feel like it would be really hard as a domestique yeah. to make a full year's wages because teams would be like, ah, I don't think we can keep you. And then they'd like ring you up on January 1st and be like, we found some money. Oh, and you'd be like, yeah, screw you guys, man. You just well, didn't pay me while I wasn't racing. Like, What's wild to me is that we hear about all the transfers during the Tour de France, right? Yeah. Like That's In when July. you start to hear about them. Or and they don't take effect until January 1. And... Yeah, you've got this six months of just weirdness where nothing makes sense. Like, yeah, I wouldn't end it in September, uh, Tim, but, you know, we've got the Race of the Falling Leaves and, and Little Guy's favorite Italian <laughs> yeah, classics and all these things in October. But by the end of October, these, you know, these contracts should be up. Uh, they should, you know, November 1st, I guess, through October 31st. I don't know. Like. Something along those lines, you know, running well, on the fiscal year. I don't know. There's there's no reason at all to start or end cycling well, contracts it's the classic, on the first of the year. 
Except uh-huh. when the first falls on a Sunday. Yeah. Cause right? Like, isn't that the... <laughs> right. Notoriously in cyclocross, when the weekend uh, of the 31st and 1st hits, we'll see teams, r- riders riding one bike and one kit on Saturday and a completely new bike and a completely new kit on Sunday. And that is an absolute clown show. No, that... that, that 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 is the oh my God. that is that is what makes cycling to me a beautiful sport. It, it's mm. it's like the whole thing is a continuous joke, and that it's playing on itself. Yes. It's great. <laughs> I love it. Uh, it's so funny to me. I, I mean, imagine if like yeah, in any other sport, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess occasionally it happens. Like people could get traded from one team to another team and you could be the team sure. you're, you're hypothetically yeah, yeah. playing that week or whatever. Like a baseball team could have a series. They could trade X pitcher midway through the game and just send them across to the other dugout. It could happen. Well, I mean, yeah, in, that'd in, be amazing. At the end of the F1 season, when noted gravel racer, Valtteri Bottas um, transfers over to Alfa Romeo, uh, you know, we'll see something similar, but it's not like he's showing up to the next race and driving the Alfa Romeo. He's he's <laughs> driving that Mercedes through the end of the season and when yeah. the season's over, then he can do whatever he wants. And that's, you know, so how what would most be the, sports work. The, the equivalent of that would be basically Matthew Vanderpool suddenly transforming into Lars Vanderhaar. <laughs> going from a Mercedes to an Alfa Romeo. Uh, okay, that's Come on, you know, like Yeah. It's a, it's a yeah. size comparison. Are you dissing Alfa Romeos? Well, yeah, the, in like F1, yes. In F1, I'm 100% dissing them that Mercedes, the best F1. car on the, the track, yeah, uh, is now um, now you're going to the Alfa Romeo. It's kind of like, yeah, yeah, I mean, you're serviceable if the Mercedes don't show up. Oh, okay. Um, right, <laughs> but the, the, the point being that you don't do that from one race to the next. You do that from one season to the next. But yeah. cycling has this problem where... There isn't a season. It's a you know, continuous, like the, continuous season, and that's it's wonderful. The cycle cross is that is that without, the beauty? Without, that's the beauty of cycling. Well, let's. Sure. I like I, all even, these stupid things. Even without things. the cycle cross, it doesn't them. blend. Up. Well, I think we have a lot of those to talk about um, after we get out of the prem lap because we have a couple of great listener emails, and then we also have a listener submission of things to discuss. But first, let's get to our man in the middle of the. Bike exchange slash uh, whatever else is going on in the Pro Tour. Yeah, what's um, he riding right Of course, I'm talking about friend of the podcast, Michael Matthews. My name is Matthew Vanderpool, and I don't listen to the Slow Ride podcast. All right, guys, here we are, and once again, we are sponsored by our good friends over at Hammerhead. I want you to go check them out. So it's very, very simple. First thing you're going to do, you're going to point your browser over to hammerhead.io. Do it right now. Start looking around because here's the thing. The Karoo 2 is what we're going to tell you about is hands down the best cycling computer you will ever use. Why? Because the screen's awesome. It also always works. There's buttons and when it's raining, or when it's really hot and you're sweaty, the screen is still going to respond to your touch, unlike some other competitors that are out there. Trust me, I know. 
It's also super easy to set up. That's my favorite part. I was able to get everything <laughs> uploaded and transferred over very smoothly and simply, including my bike radar that I have, uh, cross-brand, oh, nice. but it works just fine. It's seamlessly integrated. Absolutely love my Carew 2, so I want you to go check it out. Spencer, how's your Hammerhead Carew 2? Uh, it's pretty good. Um, I mean, all the stuff you mentioned about the the actual hardware is great. Like, I love how it looks and feels and, and works and functions and the screen by far my favorite thing but what i also like is the dashboard like online um you know you can pull up your dashboard see all your rides uh it's a lot less cluttered with social junk like uh, uh you know strava and things like that um if you just want to drill into your numbers a little bit it's it's great and i don't gotta pay for premium strava or whatever uh to see all that stuff so um, I really enjoy that part of it as well, um, and the uh, the free heart rate strap that uh, that we are getting you along with the purchase of the Karoo 2 is uh, just a little icing on the cake. Yeah, all that extra data, you're absolutely right. It's seamless. It's a GPS computer. That's the best part, so you can do your Strava. You can do all of that, but in addition, you can get um, amazing, um, stats and everything through the other cool feature that I've heard about, but I haven't been able to use cause I live in Florida is the climber feature. And I heard all about it during the tour when, um, friend of the pod, Michael Woods was absolutely mm. crushing mm. it using his climber feature to know where the points were so he could get the polka dot Jersey. Um, oh, so yeah, that's so clever. Yeah. It's, it's pretty awesome. So anyways, for a limited time, our listeners, can get a free Hammerhead heart rate monitor with the purchase of a Karoo 2. So visit hammerhead.io right now and use the promo code SLOWRIDE. Once again, the promo code is SLOWRIDE at checkout. And that's a free Hammerhead heart rate monitor with the purchase of a Karoo 2. So hammerhead.io, use the promo code SLOWRIDE. Let us know... What happens to your heart rate when you're using that heart rate monitor after you pick up some Grimper Brothers uh, coffee beans uh, from wideanglepodium.com slash coffee to support the show and the network? Uh, you can uh, grab our special blend of beans there, um, strap on that, uh, that hammerhead heart rate monitor, and just watch the beans do their magic every morning as uh, you prepare for your day. That's what I want to see, and that's what I want tweets about, so let's see them. That'd be great. You had to see it spiking. Uh, Also, check out our entire network of shows over at the Wide Angle Podium, independent cycling podcast media. It's fantastic. We have great friends at Criterium Nation who had a um, great interview uh, this past week. Um, We also want to uh, give a shout out to Grodio and CX Hairs Radio. All great shows on the podcast. Yeah, the Grodio uh, has been crushing it with the gravel news and updates, um, getting into things over there. And Cyclocross Radio continues to slay it with uh, all your La- Lars Vanderhaar updates. Um, if you need to go in depth there on something more recent than 2013 and the Louisville foam party that we threw, <laughs> uh, definitely head over to Cyclocross Radio to find out the latest about what Lars is up to. And while you're there, check out the shop. <laughs> so you can buy my very own limited edition episode 300 shirts. Let's sell them all out by the time we reach episode 400. Gotta say, yeah, the only one I shipped out 
this past week was one of little guys. Yeah. Oh. Buy all right. Molo, people. Come on, collect all three. Goodbye. All right, let's get back to the show. This is Mitch Docker, and you're listening to Life in the Peloton, also the Slow Ride Podcast, afterwards. <laughs> All right, guys, here we are once again, and let's open up the Slow Ride Podcast mailbag. Email us at theslowridepodcast at gmail.com, where all of your emails are gratefully received. This week on the pod, we have an email that comes to us from Eric Grunden. It's the better rail bike. Now, little guy, you as a fan of the rail bike, I don't know how you feel about this, what appears to be World War I soldiers with bayonets affixed on a rail bike. But what's unique about this rail bike is that there's a pedal bike on just one side of the rail, and then there's a platform for shooting bad guys on the other side. Yeah, How do you feel like, about this rail bike? Uh, well, you know, it wouldn't really be applicable to my my personal tastes in rail biking. Not my day-to-day rail bike needs. <laughs> You're going to take this yeah. hunting in the Northwoods? <laughs> yeah. Hey, that's that's probably... You'd probably get some takers for that. Yeah, it's a pretty crazy uh, rail bike um, also. Yeah, it's got, it's got actual train wheels. It's not like bikes, but... Um, Little guy... It's made what f- is just your... for that. What is your ideal rail bike? Like, are you just cruising around, like, for an hour or two? Or are you trying to go on, like, a week-long trip? Are you trying to live in the Ozarks or something, man? Like, uh, I'm, I'm concerned. I, I, I would, a week-long trip would be awesome if I could combine some rail bikes and some regular uh-huh. biking. Um, uh-huh. You going to yeah. get a dog? Cause I uh, feel like you need a dog. Yeah, you'd probably need a dog for that. That would, that would be helpful. I could, what, I could, to go ahead and switch the rails? Yeah. Just, <laughs> go get him, boy. Wow, no, that would dog? be great. Yeah, yeah train your dog to go ahead and hit those switches for you. Yeah, that'd be fun. That'd be fun. I, I ideally want a rail bike setup where, yeah, it's like I can I can ride to the rails, put the rail bike on, and then with a few things. I still cannot wrap my head around anything with to do with rail biking that isn't just, you know, the hand-powered, uh, you know, cart on the tracks where the trains come out of the tunnel and you get destroyed. Yeah. Um, cartoon style, uh, not Woody Woodpecker. What's the other one? Wiley Coyote Roadrunner. style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I, hopefully I will find some time in my life and actually get the real bike I have going. I haven't done that. Okay. So. All right. Uh, then mean, I'll try to get you, you some good pictures. Um, I actually rode by my, my preferred tracks this week they they look good they look good they they still look like they want a real bike <laughs> just keep an eye on them yeah yeah just keep looking at them uh the <laughs> next frontier on. the next frontier in weird bikes this email oh, comes to us from todd okay. grassman multi-time emailer top level supporter of the podcast wearing little it. guy's shirt in <laughs> in iowa city yeah, iowa man. todd grassman shares a video of youtube I fell down a weird YouTube hole and thought you guys, especially Matt, might enjoy this. It's an amphibious e-bike boat camper. Mind blown emoji. Regards, Todd. Um, What what do our listeners need to search on YouTube to find this? this Just amphibious boat bike 
trailer? Give is that, is that yeah, I, th- I think if you go amphibious e-bike, you're probably going to get there. Okay. Um, All right. I just um, want to make sure people now, can see now it's called, the monstrosity that we can see. It is called the Zeltini Z Triton amphibious yeah. e-bike. You just search amphibious e-bike on YouTube. You're going to get there. <laughs> okay. Perfect. No, you got to fully explain, um, Tim, that it's, it's an amphibious e-bike that's also a camper, but it's also a very um, life aquatic Steve Zusu blue. Uh, they've it's yeah. very yes. well yeah. uh uh-huh. uh yeah. the colors uh-huh. they've done very well matching the colors to give you it's got a very it's it's a very mm-hmm. uh straight up Wes Anderson movie. Okay, I got a little bit of a problem, by. guys. Um no. I went to YouTube and I actually searched amphibious bike. Yeah. Turns out quite the rabbit hole that we're about to go down here. Yeah. Um yeah, yeah so you know, we'll put the link on our <laughs> on our uh Twitter account. Yeah, it's All good. Right. They um, so I've they've got a good this weird amphibious bike. They have a good uh, they got a good Instagram page. It is a wacky rabbit hole. Uh, it's great. It's it's, it's wonderful. It's a wild looking. It it's I out don't of control. Classify this as a bike at all? Like this is a no. It, it's far this from is a something normal I bike. Would, yes, yes. This is something I would tow behind like a Subaru. You know. Well, you don't you don't have to tow it. That's the beauty. You can ride this weird thing. You can sleep in this weird thing, and then you can get across the water. Now, years ago, a long time listeners will remember that I had a very brief plan to try to ride uh-huh. across the state of Minnesota and set the uh, cross Minnesota randoneering record. Yeah. Before I learned yeah. that you had to have a car follow you the whole time, and all the joy got sucked out of it by wasting <laughs> wasting petroleum to for a nothing. The award. fossil fuels. The carbon sure. impact of this ride suddenly it went s- from it would yeah nothing and and just being like a great joy of having time biking to myself to to a terrible hole in the ozone. But that could so, make you want to ride faster though because it'd be less time. No, I, it made me just not want to do it at all because I thought it was oh, okay. dumb. Well, yeah, he would also have to you know officially ride his bike the whole way, which is you know part. Of <laughs> I the am whole, fine doing that. You have a checks and balances. But what there. I wanted, what I wanted to do, remember, was I wanted to ride uh, some sort of uh, watercraft bicycle across yeah, you a lake. Break the rules, yeah. And uh, across a lake in Minnesota, so I could just go straight across the lake a from north, the Minnesota path. from north to south. Yeah. And I would have had to use two vehicles, which would have been crazy. But now I could just use one. If I got this weird thing, I could uh-huh. do the whole record all by myself, fully self-supported. Uh, so maybe my time has come. Yeah. GPS we, tracking has come a long this, way. We talked about this really, really early on Super in the podcast. Super early, like yeah. In the, this was a, an episode... In the mid '30s, I think, uh, <laughs> where we had Matt Roy on, who does yeah. have multiple cross state records um, and does tons of randoneering and brevets and all that stuff, um, and he he went into great detail about how you couldn't do your plan at all. Yeah, how my um, plan wouldn't be official, and yeah, I, I've yeah. I very much lost lost the motivation that I briefly had because I thought I was going to be able to set all these Minnesota records, and I I love the idea of being yeah. the only yeah. one to do that it, was... so I had the records. I just want to say that that was episode 35 and arguably the greatest titled episode of all time. Ooh. Raspberry Brevet. Yes. That, uh, <laughs> well done. Was the, the Brevet that, uh, I declared we were going to throw, uh, back then in 2014. And, uh, <laughs> hasn't, done it that. hasn't come together yet. It hasn't come either. together yet. We're working on it. 
Mm. Our people um, are still working on it. Yeah. Now you this amphibious tell people e- to go back and listen to our early episodes because they're just going to learn how many uh, silly promises we break. Right. We made a lot of promises and we broke yeah. a lot of copyright laws with uh, intro music and things. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, that's. But easy. I will say that the uh, this amphibious e-bike camper slash. Uh, everything is pretty amazing and i do expect little guy to own one in the oh, next couple sure. years <laughs> if little guy like if life had just taken like it's one of those things where if tim had stepped on a butterfly at some point little guy would own this thing and be living in it and like his whole life would be different but uh, uh it just it's, didn't turn out that way i will say this i do think vehicles slash bikes like this the market for them is very small and <laughs> Go, what you do tell <laughs> Yeah, yeah. What really hurts them is that the is that that very small market of people that may be interested in actually buying one of these things can't afford is also the very same people that are going to try to build it on their own. Oh, oh no, hundred percent. Yes, like, so, yeah, no, buy one. I mean, it, yeah, no, it totally the- it ticks it ticks all my boxes. Uh, I want a bike. I really like mm-hmm. uh, canal boats. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's perfect. Mm-hmm. It's everything I ever mm-hmm. ever want. But yeah, I'm not going to buy. And, uh, but and you're not going to buy it because you're going to try to build it. Yeah, I'm glad that Tim did not step on the butterfly because what would have actually happened is that little guy's whole life would be different. He would try to build the boat and now he'd be at the bottom of Lake Superior and <laughs> we would never, you know. No, no, he'd be. Nobody would have ever known be, what happened. He'd be buried under a mountain of debt. He'd be yeah. driving around downtown with it strapped to the back of a <laughs> Buick Roadmaster trying to sell station wagon yeah. trying oh, to st- st- uh, sell the patent. Yeah. Should All right. So that guy more to people, or are we just going to leave that one day? No, right, no, I think we're just going to roll right on through zero through 50. Yeah. It's probably in there somewhere. <laughs> um, all right. Next email comes to me through a text gentlemen. So you guys were not privy to this. Okay. The so next email came so to you through a yeah, text. The next, the, ne- the next, okay. yeah, yeah. That's oh, how it happens. It. Got it. Wow. Tim, the future is amazing. Tim, you're welcome for giving you at least one full slow ride episode. Uh-oh. And then it's a link to the Wout Van Art um, tweet about his three biggest victories will now be sold as NFTs. Uh, how yeah. many have you bought, you guys? Guys, <laughs> what cycling moments should be NFTs? I'll write in my answer. Eureka bus stuck at finish line. Uh, that's a good one. Bill Shiken. How, how was the voice? Was it good? Uh, you nailed the voice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I really okay. thought, I right. thought Bill was yeah. here. You should yeah. have said hello differently. Um, it's kind so, of more Spencer, hello. I have not. Timmy. <laughs> I have yeah. not. <laughs> I have not bought the NFTs yet. Oh, um, so you've just got a bid in on them. Uh, it hasn't ended yet, or what? Do we know what the bids are at? No. Oh, I have no idea. But um, you know, whatever it is, put it on a credit card or something. I don't know. We got to have this. Which one should we get first? What are the? Which the, ones are uh, they the, doing? I don't even know. There's the Arc de Triumph. Uh, there's the Ventu and there's Strata <laughs> Bianchi. Okay, so first not, off, are those photos. his... They're not photos of... The, now, hold on. Before you get it too excited, they're not actual photos of the race. They're they're graphical images. They're cartoons oh, okay. of his uh, three most famous, arguably, unarguably, okay. whatever. Yeah, are those really his three biggest wins? wins? They're not the three tour wins? It's not just like a no, tour NFT Strata's package? in there. Okay. No, no, not that. Um, cause nobody likes time trials, which I, I think you should understand. Oh, okay. I didn't remember what he won. Um, wow. So did we try the right clicking thing? 
Well, I'm going to save, save to desktop. <laughs> yeah. Does that work? All right. That works. We okay. got him. I feel good. Boys, we've got them. Okay. I feel good about it. <laughs> All right, so boys. I've, I'm thinking we hang on to these for about a year and then we put them on eBay as uh, Wad Van Art um, NFTs. That's a good idea. That's a good idea. We're going to have to figure out how to fake a blockchain, but I think it should be fine if we just send somebody a string of numbers. They won't know. Nobody knows what it is, right? Yeah, I, I, All right, no boys. Uh, I, I've, done some, I've done some looking here. Uh-huh. The okay. Strade Bianchi um, NFT. Uh-huh. $1,000. That's so cheap. I thought it was going to be 15000 no, no. So it's at, it's at $1,000 right now. Okay. Okay. We're bit there are two days. There are two days left. So I don't know what's in the old slow ride. Okay. We're buying one. We're Can everyone go to wideanglepodium.com? Go to support shows. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh no. Click slow ride podcast. No. Become a. A donor supporter, so we can find, no. we can we can I, buy an I, NFT. I, Tim is I is the is the strata. Okay, little guys out. Tim, out. we're splitting the profits. NFTs are dumb. Um, okay, uh, Tim, is, ne- is the strata the cheapest one? <laughs> well, so I, I'm there. So now, okay, Champ de Jose, uh-huh. one thousand eighty-eight dollars. Uh, so we can fifty dollars more. Now, if we go to Mount Ventu, uh huh. 18 or $1,900 now. Okay. All right. Okay. We're only in for two guys. <laughs> That's too rich for my blood. Yeah. Now, do we have any Bitcoins that we can use to buy our NFT? Cause I like to kind of keep it all, uh, you know, in the same family. Yeah. You want to keep it all digital. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, I don't have any Bitcoins. Um, little so, guy, I'm assuming you're the guy with the Bitcoins. Uh, no, it's the same, same as my NFTs. I'm trying to, I, yeah, I don't uh, want I don't want the carbon footprint of a car following me across the state of Minnesota, but I definitely have a uh, bunch of bitcoins and NFTs. <laughs> they, they've been mining. You have a bunch of okay, um, gentlemen. Top five cycling NFTs. If you had to create the ones that you would want to buy, Bill started us off with the Orica Green Edge bus. Uh-huh. Pretty amazing. That's a solid one. Um, I would say uh, a top NFT for me is going to be Lance Armstrong getting pulled down by the kids in the Musette bag. Um, Classic cycling moment. Wonderful feeling for me. Loved it. Um, And then kind of the attack from uh, Ulrich. Kind of not Mayo. You know, like you're kind of like, ooh, that whole moment to me is an NFT. I would right click and save any day of the week. What else do you guys have to bring to this conversation? The um, I mean, the year that uh, the the year that Ulrich and all those guys got busted for Puerto. There's a there's a photograph of him in the elevator, uh, like right as they said he was banned and he was like going back up to his room because that was it. His career was over. I want that photo. He looked fit, you know. Wow. I always saw that photo wow. and I thought he was going to. a very, very that's specific. The, yeah, that's the image <laughs> yeah. you want to relive. I just okay. thought it was a it was a weird moment in time. You, I think you you prefer that that vi- that image more than Veronk crying. My God, you guys are like stuck in <laughs> the oldie de- oldie timey days. Yeah, man. I'm old Could, man. Come on. Okay, bikes, I got one. Bikes have happened since then. Uh, I am nominating my NFT choice uh, yeah. is going to be Wout cracking a couple hundred meters from the line at Strada Bianca before he won it. Uh, oh, when, when he, he like fell over. Yeah. 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 Um, oh, okay. So I want I want that that uh, imagery. Okay. That right. gift That's as a song. A, some sort of what about NFT. Another fa- another NFT. I wouldn't mind. Peter Sagan full liquid gas kit doing the Running Man victory celebration. 
It's okay. barely any newer than your previous ones. What that's, a, that's still... Yeah, but that's peak Sagan right there. I got early a, I, 2000. It's nearly 20 years ago. I got one from 2018, I think. Um, okay. All right. <laughs> oh, wow. Vader, I'm carbon date this one. <laughs> Vanderpool in his first, I think it was Flanders or one of those races, when he there was that close-up video of him with his front wheel, like lifting it up and flicking like a little rock off the road as the Peloton oh, road yeah. bike. Yeah. He just was, was like really casually been, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want that. Now, Tim, how much would you pay for an NFT of Roglic just pipping Julian Alaphilippe at the line? Oh, I would actually... I'd pay three hundred dollars for that. All right, I'll I would pay three hundred dollars for the is, NFT you know, that's, to own Alaphilippe. Yeah, three hundred dollars. I, I would. That would take a cup. It would take about six, seven months of slow ride podcast listener support um, <laughs> to to get to that, and I'd have yeah. to convince you guys to uh, help me out here. Not but not I think me. we could pull this off. Uh, like I'm, I, I think we need to buy one of these wild NFTs, guys. The the thou- I I think that we should totally be auction I th- sniping. I think we can put in a the, serious the bid. bid for the for the Strada Bianchi one. I take either, but yeah, I'm not I'm not paying the Ventu money. Okay, so. what what is your top that you would put in for this, Spencer? I mean, I honestly thought they would be at like fifteen grand. I I just thought, well, you know, well, it's a popular guy, some some oil tycoon, you know, some Oleg Tinkoff type of character is going to just buy this to uh you know offshore his money or, or launder it somehow um yeah yeah if if I'm let's thinking, say we had let's say we had i don't know two thousand dollars in the slow ride podcast uh-huh, account uh-huh. we know for a fact that you're not coming to unbound so there's not like we're gonna have is to that, spend extra yeah. on a hotel yeah, yeah, yeah. so i'm going all in live on the air in. right now will you be putting in a i will 100 percent get behind a purchase of a Yes. Wout Van Art NFT for the Slow Ride Podcast. I will, I will absolutely put in a bid for us. We can okay. we can do this. We can make this happen. I, will, I, I want, don't know if we'll win it. I, but we I will. Pass. By the time this podcast comes out, we will know if we won it or not. Uh, so pressure. So, so so right now it's at. Already. So I think we go to the cheapest one, right? Okay. So in, that's the Strata. Okay. Let's let's play this the right way now, little guy. Um, I na- I know you may be a little disappointed at us right now. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> NFTs are stupid in so many ways. This NFT yeah, yeah, yeah. is yes. This is done at three o'clock Eastern time on uh-huh. Tuesday. Okay. Okay. Perfect. It is currently at one thousand thirty nine dollars. It's gonna go for like thirty. Okay. Now they are saying that that's ninety nine point six percent below the floor of what they maybe expected this thing to be. Um, so. <laughs> Agreed. I mean, we'd be, we'd be stupid not to, is what you're trying to say. To yeah, I, this is an investment in our future. Think about Tom Boone and Tom Boonin's college fund. Think about little Nairo and the team he needs to fund because he's not going to quite be good enough. I'm sorry to bring the harsh reality to him, but he's gonna. You're going to need to fund the team around him. You're going to need to be the title sponsor uh, to get him into the World Tour ranks. Um, little Heimar should be fine, um, but uh, you know, that's, this is just things you need to consider when buying NFTs. I'm gonna, yeah. I th- I think we need to do this. So Spencer, um, we know mm-hmm. little guy's already tapping out. It's mm-hmm. at 
1039 what do we want to put the max bid uh i don't know 10,000 20,000 oh jesus <laughs> oh, i thought would, you were how, serious how, i thought we could really no, do how, this how deep are your how deep are your pockets tim let's uh we'll talk oh about no this is not this, this is not my pockets oh, no, <laughs> any no, of this, this is, is coming out, out your of your account it's oh no it's not <laughs> no no this is coming out of the slow ride podcast account this is why oh, we get well, listener support okay can you bid like two hundred dollars <laughs> Okay, I guess we're not going to do it. All right. Well, gentlemen, as always, it has been a wonderful time to get on the podcast with you and to talk to you about NFTs, talk to you about bike racing and the slippery slope that is triathlon. But we have once again come to the end of yet another Slow Ride Podcast episode number 367. And I would like to thank all of the listeners and supporters of the Wide Angle Podium Network. I would also like to thank our returning sponsor, Hammerhead. Head over to hammerhead.io and purchase a Karoo 2 and get a free heart rate monitor by using the promo code SLOWRIDE. Once again, the promo code is SLOWRIDE at hammerhead.io with a purchase of the Karoo 2 computer and a heart rate monitor. We'd also like to thank BK1 of Rhymesayers Entertainment for the intro and outro music on this podcast and with that this is tim in orlando florida this is matt in minneapolis and this is spencer in holyoke massachusetts reminding you to always wave at all your fellow cyclists that you see out on the road because they might be an nft the slow ride podcast bikes advice and rumors straight from the source theslowridepodcast.com and on Twitter at theslowridepod. Welcome to the Mouse House. Yo. Yo. Yo, where's the Epcot? I came for the Epcot. There's an elegance to bike racing. For all its technology and engineering, it's a simple question of physics. How do you move a body through space as quickly and efficiently as possible? When the rider and the machine work as one, it's almost as if the solid world has melted away and all that remains is the spirit, the pure, raw, and unfiltered soul of sport. Life is measured in many units, miles, kilometers, kilos, and pounds, but we measure it one corner at a time. We've entered the golden age of crit racing, the most exciting spectator event in sport, where all of human drama plays out before us on our city streets. On this show, we bring you the news of the day and take you inside the personalities of the teams and riders and right up to the gates of the premier events in the world. Welcome to Criterium Nation.